and we're here, two old bloggers, myself, Dave, and over there, Darren, we're ready to talk. The Vikings introduced the coordinators this week, the staff that's going to help Kevin O'Connell. We'll get into that. We'll get into some of the things that Ed Donatell in particular talked about, the multiples. What is multiples? We'll find out. Also, our deep thoughts and deep dive into the wide receiver group right after this. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Skull, everybody! We're here. It's Two Old Bloggers. We have Darren Campbell over there, formerly of Grant's Tomb and Kick-Ass Blog. Now he contributes to his own deep thoughts. A, uh, a line of very in-depth Vikings talk that happens at the Gallahorn on Facebook. I'm Dave. I've written Loof's Locker Room was my first site, and then went on to multiple others, including Daily Norseman. I am here with Climbing the Pocket. I am also known as Producer Dave, but this is our show. Thank you, Drew, for the comment on the, on the shirt. It was given to me by one of my grandkids. Gotta love it. Um, like to see everybody here, C-Wise, Nick, Thomas, welcome. Uh, we have Frazier, good to see you all. And of course, Raymond, we are glad you are here. But we're here to talk one thing, the Minnesota Vikings. And this week, we had head coach Kevin O'Connell get up in front of everybody and introduce the coordinators. Did he not? He did. All three of them. All three of them. And I scrolled where I need to be. Here comes and, the artwork. Yep, and there they are. Now, I have one nitpicky thing about how this press conference went off. Can you guess what it is? I can't, Dave. Uh, I, what was the what was the issue? The issue is, and it's small, I know, but Minnesota Vikings, the coaches across the NFL have to wear now gear, right? They have to wear, and this Jimmy Johnson was the one that all started it when he got a a starter contract way back when he was coach of the Cowboys. But they now have to wear team gear, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So they all wear team gear now. You don't see them in suits anymore unless it's the inter the very first introductory press conference for like Kevin O'Connell. And even then they're wearing purple ties and purple shirts and stuff like that. But team gear. Do you think that they could have sold more product if they would have put the coordinators in different colored team shirts rather than mm -hmm. all of them wearing the same one? It's quite possible, yeah. A little bit of a, like a like a um, mm -hmm. like a little bit of product placement there of different different uh, Vikings products, yeah. Uh, although, as far as like for consistency and uh, the having them all come out in the with the, the Vikings logo and, 
And the, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's all about collaboration and connecting, uh, connecting each other there, Dave, with this new regime. So for them all look have the same, <laughs> same exact Viking t- t- exact same shirt with about the same uh, <laughs> fucking creases in them, and uh, <laughs> it was, it was I, pretty just, good. To me, I thought good. it was funny. Um, yeah, but. It is what it is, and it may be a collaboration deal and coming out, teamwork, yeah, we're all dressed the same, you know, uh, from uh, that old uh, Clint Eastwood movie, whereas uh, Marines came out, and they all had to be in the same T-shirt, and uh, it sort of reminded me of that. Ah, yes, that's the military in you coming through, Dave. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But you wanted to talk about... The introduction of these fine gentlemen. And, of course, here we have, as you're looking at the image, Kevin O'Connell is in the back, up top, followed by, to his right, Wes Phillips, grandson of Bum. Uh, Hamburger Hill was the movie. Yes, it was. Uh, You have the old guy in the group, but probably the one with the most energy, Ed Donatel, is your yeah. defensive coordinator, the great bald one there, and Matt Daniels, who is a special teams guy, came into the league, played, made his money doing Heartbreak Ridge, yes, made his money on special teams, and now he's a coach. And Heartbreak Ridge was an awesome movie. I enjoyed it completely. And it's not 100% you know, accurate, but it was a good Clint movie. So, What movie is? Yes. Right? Based, uh, based, or inspired by a true story, <laughs> leaving lots, lots of room for artistic license. Well, the whole, and that we're getting off topic here. The whole scene where the um, the sergeant finally gets a phone call, and he flips out his plastic, and he calls and says, "I need to call a base." Da 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 da, and he's up in the tower trying to do that. Actually, did happen. That's based on a true story. Mm. Good to know. But yeah, coordinators, David. And uh, the first one was really that um, I want to talk about is Wes Phillips, as you said, son of Wade uh, Wade Phillips, grandson of good old bum with the 10-gallon Stetson hat, Phillips, from the Houston Oilers, the Oilers days. And uh, I was interested to see um, what Wes had to say because a lot of us don't really know a whole lot about Wes Phillips. Uh, we know he was with the Rams. We know he was a tight end coach. Uh, that's been his job description with the Rams and with Washington before that. That's a uh, tight end coach, always a kind of an anonymous type of coach. You don't never really, they don't get out to, and get to talk to the press much. And uh, so it really was really interested to see what he was going to say about his vision for the offense. And there's a lot of interest from Viking fans because of course he is the coordinator and hasn't never been an offensive coordinator before. And we just went through uh, having a coordinator who was the first time offensive coordinator and that didn't go so well, but I felt pretty good about, about Wes Phillips and what he said. Uh, unlike Daniels and particularly at Donatel, he was probably the most flatline guy in the interview or during the, the press conference, you know, very monotone delivery, right. whether that, you know, he matters or not. But, you know, I think some of the key things that he said, the thing that really stuck out to me was that, uh, again, lots of talk about collaboration, lots of talk about the need to coach not from fear anymore, but to, to, to coach. What he said was, we want 
players to want to be here. We want them to when they that they want to do what we we ask them to do, and what uh, uh, O'Connell said this in his introductory conference. I think Matt uh, uh, Matt Daniels also said it. I believe brought it up in his uh, co- mm-hmm. in his media availability. The whole thing about we uh, want uh, players to to know the why about what we're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, so once they understand and buy into the why, then uh, then it, it becomes easier for everybody to get on the same page. And so there's the one of the themes with this coaching staff so far has been the whole we're a new, although Donatel's not new, but you know we're 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 going to be working with the players and not trying to work against them or mm-hmm. uh you know try to to scare them into doing what what they need to do it's going to be a collaborative effort just like it's a you know collaboration with the front right. office and the coaching staff it's uh there this coaching staff o'connell phillips donatel and daniels and a lot of words about collaboration and connecting with the players so it and feels communicating like communicating and adapting yeah. to what they want mm-hmm and uh, so th- that was really the big things that that some of the, the big things that stood out to me. I think for a Vikings fan, uh, you've if you've been watching the Rams play for the last four or five seasons under Sean McVay, you have a pretty good idea of what they do on offense, uh, and uh, you know that you're going to see similar things with with the Vikings offense. But one of the uh, you know one of the things that really uh, with with Phillips that he really talked about, and I think this is a key thing and is a big difference from, from with Mike Zimmer was um, they, he got asked about, you know, how, what do you, what do you see or how do you feel about the importance of the run game? And, and Wes Phillips basically said, well, it's very important, but really on offense, my philosophy is winning the game is important. It's <laughs> so more important. Most important. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we have to do on offense to win the game, we will do that. And he made it – what that said to me, and he said it without really saying it, was that uh, we're not going to force the run game. Uh, if it's working, we will use it. But if it's not working and we have to pass the ball 60 times a game to move the ball and score the points to win the game, that is what we are going to do. And under Zimmer, that did not happen. If you're an offensive coordinator like Floppo the Clown and you threw too much, <laughs> he, he, you know, he freaked out, berated you you know, uh, out mm-hmm. of public eye and then uh, threw you some shade at press conferences and basically said, well, we got to run the ball. He did the same thing with coloring book Kubiak. Uh, and <laughs> so, you know, the whole thing was, oh. we got to run the ball. We got to run the ball. Even if it doesn't work, we're going to, we got to run the ball. Right. Well, to me, to me, that's just, I, I know where you're getting at, uh, what, what Zimmer meant by that in a way, because, uh, if a, sometimes you have to you have to try the run if it's not working sometimes to keep the defense honest. But right, uh, but but you you can't run it five or six times in a row if you're the first four times and you on only got first a yard and or, ten every yeah. single time, and it's just it got it's a little less predictable this year, but it was still still so bad. One of the things about how the Rams did it, they don't run. It's not as predictable. They, uh, the numbers, I'm going to say, were around 60% that they passed on first down, right? And it was yeah. it was, it was was different, and they mixed it up more. And I think mixing it up more keeps that defense back on its toes, like Zimmer may have wanted, more than 
you know, bang, bang, bang. We're not in the days where you, you know, run Adrian Peterson smack in the middle all the time and he's going to get you yards. Those days are gone. We don't have the offensive line designed to do that. The defenses are different. The running backs, you don't have that bell cow, you know, monster guy. Uh, Wes would know back from, you know, watching Grandpa's tape and seeing Earl Campbell do that. That game doesn't exist anymore. It may come back eventually, but right now it doesn't exist. It's inefficient. It doesn't work. You don't have the players to do that. So if you can pick and choose when you run, and runs a relatively safe uh, means of getting a few yards, by all means, keep that drive going. Eat that clock. But also use the more efficient passing game. And it may be the opposite. Maybe Kirk's garbage on the day if Kirk's our starting quarterback. And he's not hitting squat. Wide receivers are dropping things all over the board. And he may have to go more to the run. We don't know. What I loved about Wes was his whole intention of is winning the game is most important, like you said, and we are going to do whatever it takes to do that. That is what I wanted to see in an offensive-minded Vikings coach. It's been not since Denny Green, basically, since we've seen that sort of philosophy, and that's what I'm looking forward to with this particular hire. It was mentioned before, he is the black sheep of the family because he went offense when (laughs) dad and grandpa went defense. But can you imagine all the defensive stories and stuff he was told, you know, from a wee little toddler growing up, this is how you do this defense. This is how you stop them. This is, and he was trying to figure out, well, yeah, that sticks. And he goes, this is how I'm going to beat it. Right. That's the mentality I want to see in action coming this fall. And I can't wait. And he he was asked about Justin Jefferson. And his quote was, mm-hmm. I can't wait to work with him. Yeah, who wouldn't? But yeah. we'll get into it a little bit later. But, uh, you yeah. know, it's not hard to look at again what we said last week, uh, how Cooper Cup, the kind of year he had last year, and well, every year he's been in the league, and the way he is, his career has advanced, and how he's grown as a player, and and you know, just kind of dream about what Justin Jefferson can do with O'Connell and Wes Phillips and the Rams' philosophy as the offensive, you know, a Rams, mm-hmm. uh, Rams, uh, Rams-focused offensive mm-hmm. philosophy now being implemented in Minnesota and what that'll mean for Justin Jefferson and for all the wide receivers. Uh, the It will be interesting to see, and we won't find out for many, many, many months about this, but uh, interesting to see how all of this you know, winning the game is important and we'll do what, whatever is working to win the game, how that impacts Dalvin Cook's workload, usage rate, and and Dalvin Cook is getting paid a lot of money to, in, you know, to tote the, the rock 300 times mm-hmm. a year. Uh, so if he's only going to tote it 220 times a year, mm, do the Vikings want to continue to pay him? Do they want to keep him um, with this offense? I, I think that, that, you know, that I'm, I'm kind of playing it up a bit. Right. Uh, if you look, if you look at the Rams and, and with, under McVeigh and O'Connell, they're not, they haven't been really a run by committee type team. They had, uh, you know, they, they had, um, 
can't even remember his name now. <laughs> they had, you know, Gurley. They ran him into the ground. And really, they would have used Cam Akers would have been their number one running back this year right. if he hadn't blown out his Achilles. So they, 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 they like to use one running back a lot too. And that's probably going to be Dalvin Cook this year. But uh, like you said, though, with Wes Phillips talking about, I just like the whole flexibility of it all. And I've always believed that, you know, whatever way you're moving the ball, you keep doing it until somebody stops you. And then when they stop you, you do something else. You do something different. And I think that I don't know if you, you noticed this, but you got love from Edmonton there, Darren. Oh, oh yeah. I'm only, only a 15 hour drive from, from Edmonton. <laughs> um, there was one other thing I found interesting that Wes talked about. It was either during the press conference or afterwards when he talked to the, the press afterwards, because just like with Kevin O'Connell, these guys got a private moment with the press after the after the whole deal. Is they were asked about CJ Ham, right? Because Ham, we love us. I was going to bring that up. Is a great fullback. I should great fullback. He's a good fullback in the league. We love what he does. He's obviously Kirk Cousins' uh, security blanket, and uh, but the Rams never played with a fullback. And he was asked about it. And he says, no, just because we have a fullback here doesn't mean I'm not going to use one. I very well may use a fullback. So um, I would expect to see Ham in it because he's under contract, you know, and he, you would, you're not going to get a whole lot for a fullback if you tr- decide to trade him. And uh, if you cut him, it's you're not going to get nothing. You're going <laughs> to get eventually nothing. Same with Cook. If you cut Cook now, you're not gaining a whole lot of money because he's got such a huge dead cap money so how he uses those guys i'm going to find fascinating and then there was the other one we'll get into the wide receivers but there's also a running back that runs a 4 3 40 and that's kane wongu why aren't you using somebody with that sort of explosive power to you know get in the open and go and i suspect that he'll be seeing some of this stuff and we'll see it. And Phillips didn't really say, we'll probably be moving on to Daniels here soon, but uh, Phillips didn't uh, re- mention any players by name other than when he was asked, mm-hmm. uh, he was asked about cousins, but he did say, as you mentioned earlier, we have a, what did he say? We have a really talented fullback here. He didn't mm-hmm. say CJ ham, but, but that's who it is, that's who it uh, is. which is, a, a, yeah. a, 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 I don't know again, how much you read into this, but for him to specifically mention a fullback caught my ear because uh, it's been discussed. Like, uh, you know, ham made more money last year than a lot of starting running backs in the NFL. And, 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 you know, Ham's a blocker. That's what he does. Catches yeah. a, the odd screen pass. Well, actually, too many screen passes last year. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, you, you know, he could potentially be a guy who, yeah. when you look at, like you said, when you look at what the Rams have done the past few years with no fullback, then really he's an obvious kind of candidate for not being on the team in 2022. But when the offensive coordinator specifically mentions we got a pretty talented fullback, then that the wheels start turning in my head about like, well, what's going on here? Uh, I also liked one last thing about Phillips. I like the fact that he talked about um, uh, really the importance of developing your entire roster and that, and O'Connell had talked about how Phillips has really been able to develop players. He turned good players into great players and he turned players that 
other people in the building didn't think would be very good into good players. And we, what we, Phillips really stressed in that little bit about that, you know, it's, NFL's a long season. A lot of injuries happen. You get guys that uh, sometimes get suspended for off the field stuff. Next man up can't be just a mantra uh, saying you've got to be able, like he really believes in everybody he's got under his charge. He's got to prepare them, develop them, make them better players so that if they have to play a lot of snaps, they can play at a high level. And that is something we have not seen from the Vikings recently when they've had to go to a no. backup. It's, it's been like, ugh, you know, scary times. Yeah. Because of how the, con- how the um, team has been constructed of late where you have all your top end guys and then you got, yeah. But for Wes, I think he views some of the assets on the Vikings as, you know, spices and ingredients in the in the cupboard that he's going to make something absolutely wonderful. Tonight it may be Cajun. Tomorrow it may be Italian, you know, and, and spice it up with a little Mexican. And, and it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be something that we look forward to finding out what happens on Sundays. And that to me is uh I can't beautiful wait. thing. I can't could be wait. a very beautiful thing. Yeah. Now we're gonna skip over Ed Donatel because we're gonna do a whole section on Ed. Let's talk about Matt Daniels. Matt Daniels. Uh, again, um he came into the uh, his his press availability, all piss and vinegar, I thought. Uh, very enthusiastic. And uh, as you mentioned, he played in the NFL not for a great deal of time and mostly on the practice squads, but is with the Rams, Jags, and Chargers, basically a special teams guy. And he admitted it himself when he came out of Duke. And his only way, he figured his only way to make the NFL was as a special teams. And he said, uh, I took it in my mind that I was going to be a special teams demon. And that's how he, how he, you know, made mm-hmm. the money he did in the NFL and carved out a little career for himself. And when he got into the, uh, but then he knew he was going to get into coaching, and he's gone to special teams coach. Never been a coordinator before. Uh, been but been the assistant special teams coach for the Rams, 2018, 2019, and then for the Cowboys the last two years. Mm-hmm. And during that time, he's worked under John Bones Fossil, who. NFL fans know is one of the most aggressive, one of the best special teams coaches that the NFL has. So he has been able to <laughs> Jack Daniels, yeah, uh, Drew, yeah, yeah, and 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 Coke too, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I, one thing you got to like about Daniels is who he's been mentored by, John mm-hmm. Bones Fossil. Awesome. Uh, so and Daniels, Matt Daniels talked about. Uh, a lot of coaches say this, but I think when you look at who he's he's learned under, uh, I think that this will be true. He talked about we're going to be an attacking unit. Uh, we know that John Bones Fossil, like every other game, they got a punter. There's a fake punt or something going on. Uh, the, you know they're an aggressive John Fossil. Special teams are aggressive special teams, and I think that the Matt Daniels is is going to put that stamp on this unit as the coordinator of this team, 32 years old. So another young buck, even younger than O'Connell. And I think, you know, lots of enthusiasm. First time he's going to want to make an impression. Uh, You know, one of the things he, he used the word connected, I think about 20 times in his press availability. So really 
he seems to be very big on the fact that everybody is got to be on the same page i mean it it, mm-hmm. it seems obvious but you don't see it on every team right but and, and like he said you got to take guys that are on the offense and on the defense that are generally separated and you got to bring them together for one single purpose and you got to connect them into what they're doing and and make them have energy right and he was yep. now his presentation he looked inexperienced behind a podium Right, he looked nervous. Yeah, which I can understand. Well, if you're not used to talking to the press or being in front of the cameras, that happens. But one thing that came across to me was his intensity and his energy, because he was just, "We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and we're going to have the guys to do this." I had heard that when he was prepping for the interview he had not seen a whole lot of Kene Wongu um before that because when we played the Rams before Kene hadn't busted off that first touchdown run well he sat there and watched the tape and he goes oh my god he's drooling right and it was just yeah. like I gotta get my hands on this guy this is good um so hey I like an aggressive special teams. It is part of the game. It can make the difference. Say the special team scores. That score alone gives you a much bigger bump in your likelihood to win than almost anything because it's it's rare that a special team scores, right? Or if it's and you want special teams generating turnovers if it's the defensive side of the special teams. It's, you know, and they're the ones that set up field position. It's hey, it's going to be fun to watch. I've said it before, uh, Dave, on, on the show, is that uh, special teams is notorious for for every team in the league or most every team in the league is notorious for the like the yin and the yang up and down. You know, one year they'll be really good. You'll have a really good special teams unit. For whatever reason, the next season, you don't have a very good special teams unit. Last year, the Vikings special teams unit was much improved from Mm -hmm. the past couple of years. They were still ended up, I think, being kind of middle of the pack in overall, although on kickoff returns, they were where they were top, top of the pops. But uh, it, it really Daniels is, is going to his job is to at least keep them where they were last year and potentially improve and uh, and th- there's some questions on the Vikings special teams which I don't want to get into a lot because that'll be the very last position that I'll examine but uh-huh. uh, but uh, but Barry and, and Joseph the the punter and the place kicker are both free agents right now right well one's so, a restricted free agent. Uh, yeah but uh, there's no guarantee they'll they'll be back. Uh, but so Daniels will have his work come, cut out for him, I think. But he does have, uh, based on how the unit performed and assuming that a lot of those guys will be back this year that were on special teams last year, I think there'll be a good portion of them that still are. Uh, he does have a, you know, he does have a very, he does have a solid unit to work with and mold them into what he wants to do and make them even better and make them turn them into the kind of kick-ass special teams unit that John Bones Fossil often is able to get out of his, his crew, whether it was in whether it was with the Rams or whether it's been with the Cowboys. So excited about Daniels. 
you know, his first shot at this and, you know, he's going to give it all he's got. And one thing that has been really refreshing about all of these coaching hires right now is just the, like the, like the, the enthusiasm and the positivity that, that they're given off to me that really, I really like to see that, uh, you know, the last year or two, we heard a lot from Zimmer and he just kind of looked like he'd accepted he like accepted surrender. He was waving the white flag a lot of times. Not a whole lot of uh, joy, uh, you know, emanating out of his personality. These guys, they they look like they they definitely look like they want to be here. They're ready to get to work. They're ready to win, mm-hmm. and that's what I want. I want some enthusiasm. I want some positivity. I'm all for it. Let's go. Let's giddy up. Let's get going. Absolutely. 2022 season. 2022 season couldn't come soon enough for me. I agree with you, but we got a few things ahead of that, i.e., free agency in the draft. But I, I'm, I'm anxious to see these guys in in pads and working. Our second theme of the day, in particular, we wanted to go over Ed Donatel on how, uh, as our defensive coordinator. Um, oh, I noticed my background. There we go. Um, He's our new defensive coordinator. He is the grandpa of the group. He is oh, yeah. 65, I think, on age. But to look at him, to look at his energy, you'd never guess it. And he's right. like me, a tiny, talks with his hands all the time. He was up there and pointing and doing this, doing that, and very, very energetic and willing to talk to the press when they asked him about scheme and stuff, which I liked. But what was your impression? Same as you, David. I I had never listened to Donatel speak. I, I know in his name. I know where he had coached in the past, uh, but uh, and knew that of course that he had coached the Packers, which is big demerit <laughs> point for him from from my point of view. But I'm getting over it quickly. Uh, but. You know, I like like you. I loved his enthusiasm at the podium, and really, he was a guy that listening to that whole seventeen minutes or however long it was, I was like, man, I'd like to play for this mm-hmm. this cat. Wouldn't uh, you? I, yeah, like he he just just he you know his talking about again his his talk about how even though he's sixty five, he likes to learn about the players, learn what get makes them tick, uh, and. That again seems like an obvious thing, but not everybody, not every coach has that kind of extrovert personality, that willingness to get to know their players, care about them, learn about them, learn about their personalities, and learn what might be the best way to reach them. Donatel seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, to motivate them. Donatel seems like that kind of guy. And like I said, if I was a football player and I was listening to him talk, I'd be like, I'm going to war. Well, I don't want to use the word war because football's not war, uh, especially what's going on now. But I want to get on the field with him mm-hmm. and play for him and play my hardest for him. Uh, that was my impression of him. And uh, and Kevin O'Connell, when he was introducing him, talked about what he was looking for from a defensive coordinator was when, you know, what are they, the, the, the defensive coordinator I want is a guy who's, when I faced his teams, he's kept me up at night. He's made it difficult for me to do my job. And he said Donatel was one of the first guys he thought of. So, right. um, and uh, and again, like you said, Donatel didn't was very uh, willing to talk about 
the schemes, but he was not willing to talk about players. <laughs> you know, again, like the only, the, the only player he mentioned, mentioned was Hunter. Was Hunter because he got asked, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, he got asked, of course, about the three four. You're running a three four. He said yes, but then he said, "Don't read too much into that because, like you talked about." He said, the big thing we want to do is we want to make things as difficult on court. Our, everything we do is going to be about making things as hard on the quarterback mentally and physically as we can. That's their number one objective. And he talked about the whole multiple multiple fronts, that that's what they're going to try to do, which right. makes a lot of sense I, to me. Yeah, uh, when asked about the get into what says, that means. Yes, that'll be our, quote, base, but we're running multiple fronts. We're running 3-4 and 4-3. And most of the time, we're going to be a nickel with even or odd man fronts. And for those that don't quite know what those fronts are. Oh, look at those graphics, baby. Um, I brought this up. On the top, you got the 3-4. Um, and it shows defensive lineman. does not show the safeties on that one. And you can see how it's. They've shown a defensive end, but it's also known as defensive tackle. Um, in more a modern 3-4, they're defensive tackles versus defensive ends. You're not going to see um, Hunter go inside where it says DE. You're going That's going to be a Dalvin Tomlinson or a, a Watts James Lynch. Or, or a Lynch type spot. Um, and what he said about uh, – Hunter is Hunter's going to be an outside linebacker slash defensive end. And those responsibilities are real similar. And in a 3-4, like up on the top here, your outside linebackers marked by strong side, the S, B is backside, are the ones that set contain, right? Um, They're the ones outside the edges of the O-line, normally where a defensive end lines up. He's usually out on the widest guy. Um, and the difference here is you got your nose guard who's either up on the center or just slightly off, and they're playing gap and a half like I explained last week. The 4-3, what we're used to, you can see here. We've got the two defensive ends on the outside of the line. You've got a defensive tackle to three technique, and you got a nose tackle who's in one of the A-gaps off to the side. Um they can flip that. It doesn't matter. And then the nickel, uh, because he knows these guys have been playing 4-3, he knows he's they played 3-4. Uh, Zimmer, believe it or not, mixed it up last year. And then yeah, the nickel did. can go with either. Uh, either you bring in that third, you drop a linebacker off the 4-3 and you bring in your nickel back, or off the 3-4, you drop the backside linebacker and bring in that Nickelback, that's that's the way it's set up. Both of those, um, <clears throat> Hunter will shred even more. I agree. I agree, Drew. Drew I think he will. Um, either one of those, his whole idea is, I'm going to make it the most difficult for the opposing team I can. And if they're used to seeing a 4-3 in a certain setup, I'm going to give them a 3-4 because they're not used to it. And if they're used to a 3-4, I'm going to give them a 4-3. And I'm going to mix it up all during the game to try to get their offensive linemen and their center or their quarterback who's calling, 
who's got the mic and who's got, you know, the blocking assignments to get them all confused. And that's the way it's, it's, it's almost mirror what Wes is trying to do. He's going to do everything he possibly can to win the football game, to score points on the defensive side. Uh, Ed's going to do everything he can to confuse the offense and to stop them from scoring points. I love the aggressiveness on both sides of the ball. And assuming that Hunter is going to be part of the Vikings in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, let's be clear, where if he's playing linebacker or defensive end, he's going to be rushing the passer. That's what he's going to be doing. And he, we know that he's very, 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 very good at that. So as Drew said, uh, he's going to shred whether he's a you know a real outside linebacker or defensive end what? or whatever you call him. Right. But he's going to be getting after the quarterback. Um, Donatel uh, in, in his presser uh, again, you know, you're reading through things and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, what? Uh, trying to figure out some of the things that what the v- Vikings defense is going to look like and what his vision is and and three things he pointed out that he's going to uh, and there's a there's a there's a coaching saying I heard a, a basketball coach say once saying it's not what you teach it's what you emphasize and and so you know what that means is that sure you can you're going to teach a whole bunch of things but day in and day out if you preach two or three things those are the things you're probably going to excel at and what Donatel said that was a we're going to set hard edges well mm-hmm. the vikings have had a real problem with that the last couple of years and mm-hmm. and i think that calls into question to me what dj wanham role is going to be because he has been uh, a guy who's been accused of not being very good on backside contain on setting a hard edge at defensive end so We'll see what Donatel thinks of DJ Wanham, despite the fact he was our leading sack guy last mm-hmm. year. Uh, the other thing uh, that Donatel said is that we're going to be a great tackling team. Okay, yes. easy to say that. But again, uh, the, the, the emphasis is on that. The Vikings, 2020, 2020, I thought was worse than 2021, but our tackling both were not could be better. Yeah. yeah, our tackling could be a lot better. A lot of missed tackles. And the third thing he said was, we, we're going to focus on taking away the ball. Uh, last year, the Vikings were a bit better on turnovers than in 2020. But again, really, uh, particularly on the defensive backfield with the corners and particularly under Zimmer, the whole time he was here, they didn't really make a lot of plays on the ball, I felt. Right. You know, the, so there was a certain technique that they were taught that they weren't going to take chances when the ball was in the air. Uh, it sounds like Donatel is not going to be that way, that he's going to be like, hey, we want people with ball skills. We're going to look to rip the ball out on run plays and we're going to look to intercept it on pass plays. And I like all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. He also talked about thick uh, or hit the blocks. He wants uh, mm-hmm. thick linemen where they're they're holding their own. They're playing gap and a half. They're holding their own ready to go. That the linebackers are the second level and the um, defensive backs are your third level coming in and filling in and how that works as a meshed unit. I look forward to that greatly, seeing that, the whole idea. A lot of these guys, Zimmer's, Mike Zimmer was a great defensive coach. Uh, When you have a defense named after you, you're good, right? And he had these, most of these guys taught well. This will be taking it just that little bit next change, the next level, and uh, they can hopefully get, you know, what they've learned 
previously and take that and go, oh, I'm going to apply this and get even better, which they need to. We need a better defense. Uh, we obviously have holes on the defense, which we've talked about before. Lack of corners, uh, linebacker depth, et cetera, et cetera. But I look forward to how he works with these guys and how he gets them playing. Indeed. And uh, one last thing that I don't want to forget is that he also talked about, which uh, I think we, we'll we have to look at as far as how the Vikings will play defense in 2022 under him is that he talked a lot. He talked about uh, corners have to be able man to man corners. He likes corners to play man to man. And so it appears that the Vikings are going to be, I don't know what the notes. Per- <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't know what the Vikings percentage was last year with Zimmer, uh, with the, how they you know, zone versus man-to-man. Everybody plays right. a little bit of both. But Donatel uh, seems to be he wants guys, corners who can play man-to-man. And that's going to be a challenge because um, we don't have really uh, it, <laughs> we don't have any, right? And uh, um, like, can, can Cam Dantzler hold up as man-to-man? Can Chris Boyd and Harrison Hand hold up as man-to-man? I think uh, it, that also is going to in, uh, inform what the Vikings do in free agency and particularly in the draft. I expect they're probably going to take two corners in, in the draft. And if they take two corners, I, I expect that from what Donatel says, that those corners are going to have to be strong, pressed, man-to-man corners. And and I was about to say, Quasi now knows that when they're when he has the the scouts and everybody looking, they're going to weed out. I need to find the man to man. That's my number one priority. Can they play man to man? We can teach them zone. Um, we're gonna you know on a cover six look or cover three look or whatever it is, but they've got to be able to play man to man. And Quasi's going to be the one that. Works that in. That's right. Quasi and the scouts, and maybe Scott Studwell. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Andrew says, get Rodgers out of the divisions, uh, out of hell out of here, and the Vikings will build a dynasty. Andrew, I sure hope so on both counts. I don't know. I'm not convinced that uh, A. Rodge is going anywhere this season. Uh, it, uh, but, may or uh, may not. We can always hope. We thought we when Fred was out of town comes... that that we were. Yeah. yeah. We thought when Fred was out of town that uh, you know it was all smooth sailing, but that's not how it turned out. Yeah, but uh, I know they want to play that love. Um, I mean, they drafted him. and They want to play him, so we'll see. I hope they. I hope they kick him out. They're in worse cap trouble than we are, so we shall see. On to our final topic, our wide receiver stable. Go Moving on to wide receivers, our latest positional unit that we're going to look at here, two old bloggers, and excuse me while I burp, uh, beer burp, uh, but uh, doing cleanses. <laughs> oh, Rogers, we love making fun of them. Uh, just too bad we have to play them twice a year. Uh, but, uh, yes, wide receivers – You've got the whole crew there. Uh, you got the forgotten man, B.C. Johnson on the left, K.J. Osborne in the middle, Amir Smith-Marset, then J.J. and Thielen. And uh, really, I, I feel that the Vikings wide receiver um, position right now is it's, it's in pretty good shape as we speak right now. Uh, Justin Jefferson, one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Depending on who you'd ask, he might be top three. 
Uh, and he's a guy, we talked about it earlier. Uh, he already said when O'Connell was rumored to be the head coach or pretty much assured to be the head coach that he was excited, extremely excited that O'Connell was coming, was going to be the first offensive-minded coach off a head coach he would have had as a, as a pro. And you got to feel that he's going into his third year uh, and he's got to be thinking, man, uh, I've got after my third year, I can start ponying up for an extension, a big extension, and mm-hmm. I just need a big year to get that. And if he looks at what Cooper Cup just did under O'Connell and McVeigh, he's got to be like licking his chops at what he could be happening for him in this offense in 2022. Because when you, if you throw the ball to him, uh, you make it a point to throw the ball to him, he's basically unstoppable. He has showed that the past two years. And really – I, I think that he had 108 catches last year. I think that, you know, if he stays healthy and plays all 17 games, mm-hmm. uh, it, 125, 130 catches are in play for Justin Jefferson. Without a doubt. Really. With, with, without a doubt. Uh, because they're, the, the Vikings, O'Connell and Phillips, I'm not saying they're going to force the ball to him, but they're going to make a point to get him the ball as much as they can. And which is a smart move and something that the Vikings last year, for whatever reason, it took them half a season to figure out that they needed to do that, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, so Justin Jefferson, a great building block for the, for, for the Vikings wide receivers. Again, really, he's been ex- completely healthy this first two years. We can pray that he doesn't that get hit stays. with the injury, but, but mm-hmm. that stays. Uh, KJ Osborne, a guy who showed tremendous growth in his second year. He went from zero offensive snaps to being a very dependable and dangerous third wide receiver. And really he's a guy that uh, we can only, we can, I think we can feel good with Keenan McCardell back as the wide receivers coach that he can grow even more. Maybe he can become into really our number two wide receiver in the, you know, the following years. And, and really uh, Emir Smith Marset. There's a kid that really at the in preseason when you watched him, now mind you, he didn't have much to work with on the field along with him, but <laughs> he didn't seem to be able to get open. He was dropping a lot of passes, and in the beginning of the year, uh, he was a, didn't, a guy who was on the sidelines, didn't really dress, but later in the year, he actually injuries forced him to get more playing time, but when he got that playing time, he made the most out of it. And uh, I, I don't think you can, you don't want to read too much into his last couple of games, but nonetheless, you know, a guy yeah, who. But it showed in, progress, in, and that's what you want to see. It showed progress. He was a, looked like a totally different guy late in the year than he had been in the beginning of the year. And I think that a lot of that has to go to Keenan McCardell and the work he did mm-hmm. with this guy, kid. And so another year with McKean and McCardell, maybe Amir Smith Marset is a, a, a kid who's going to be you know, much better than maybe any of us could have anticipated, but I'm excited to see what hit. Yeah. I'm excited to see what his growth is going to be like in year two in this offense. Uh, I feel good about having him there. BC Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that his second year with the team was a bit of a buzzkill, but he, I, you know, as a rookie, he really surprised a lot of Viking fans with his ability. I think he's a good route runner. I think he's got, you know, good. He's his hands are fine. As a guy who could be your number four uh, wide receiver or maybe number five, right. I think that you know I, I I think he gives you good depth. 
mm-hmm. and he's he's going to be a guy who will be uh, he'll need to prove something too because he'll be looking for another contract and another job after this year it might not be with the bike Vikings but maybe it will um, so really that you know he's, yeah for him it's he's a contract that, year so he's going to want to prove himself and that's always and, lovely extra motivation when it comes to football players they tend to play and better. I think he's a that's right. And I think he's a, he's a solid guy. He's not going to be a superstar, but you could do worse as a number four. And and we have many, many times. Uh, the big question for the Vikings wide receiver is of course the hometown boy, Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. And, and here's a guy and it didn't wait and drumble for what the pitcher. Hold on. It didn't load for some reason. Where is he? Where are you, Adam? I made you. Where is it? I made you. Where are you? Uh, Here it is. Let's drop it. The suspense is killing me. Oh, and Stefano Art, too. Uh Awesome. That looks super. But Adam Thielen, Viking fans love him. Uh, He's a guy that, hey, man, uh, you know, we all know the story undrafted. Uh, practice squad just worked himself up to become a star in the league, but you know, you know, he, he carries a, almost a 17 million cap hit next year. Uh, he, he, and he, and he is, he's a guy, he hasn't had a thousand yard season since 2018. He's, uh, he'll be 32 in August. He's a guy who's been nicked up a bit, missed games every, every right. missed at least one game the past three years. So you got to when a guy has got that big of a cap hit, he's not your number one receiver and he's eight over 30 and you're starting to worry about, is he going to be a guy who's now always going to be nicked up? He's getting older. He can't recover from injuries as well. Uh, the Vikings have to look at, at how can we fit him financially on the team? I, I think they want to keep or him. move him. I think they do want to keep him. And I know he has said this week, um, I saw reported that he wants to stay and yes. he was asked about taking a pay cut and he said, well, well, we might have to make it happen. I, he may be willing to take a pay cut. I say restructure here. I don't want to restructure and throw money out further. I don't think that's the wise route for the Vikings to go. I think they would be here. We want to keep you, but we don't want to pay you this much. Would you mind? Making eight million this year instead of whatever it was, and see if he and he did restructure. It. He he did restructure last mm-hmm. year, and now that didn't really hurt him financially. I think because he he just got he got he got like a signing bonus instead right. of, and they reduced the cap hit. But like you said, it kicked the can down the road a bit, and really with Quasi Adovo Mensa as the new GM, uh, he may have a different idea on what the Vikings should be doing financially with some of these veterans than Rick Spielman would have had. And like you said, I don't think that restructuring a guy like Thielen at 32 is what he wants to do with, with this Vikings team. So, but I feel that Thielen will be back. I'm confident about that because like you said, he recognizes that he's one of the guys that is going to be approached about the -hmm. financials. He has expressed an interest in staying with the Vikings, and unlike Cousins, I think he actually uh, he, he means when I want to stay with the Vikings, he means I'm actually willing to take, take less money cut. to do yeah. so. 
take a pay cut to do so. I think he will be back, and that would be good for the Vikings to be back because I'm not entirely convinced that K.J. Osborne is ready yet to be the number two guy. And the other thing about Thielen is that even though he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season in three seasons, he does have uh, has does have twenty four touchdown catches the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's that's the, that, as that said before. A, he's the red zone threat. That's a fucking lot of touchdown catches. Mm-hmm. And he missed four games in those two two seasons. So he's still effective. I think for one more year at a reasonable price, I want At back as your number two guy. Got Justin Jefferson as your number one. KJ Osborne as your number three. And you got Amir Smith Marset and 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 uh, and BC Johnson as your, your depth guys. Giddy up, let's go. And the I think they you know there's been talk about well, will the Vikings draft uh, go after somebody like Allen Robinson in free agency? Well, that ain't going to happen because I don't think we got the money to do it. Then why would Robinson come to Minnesota when JJ when JJ is already here and is the right. number one guy? Um, I just don't see Robinson doing that. I think he's going to go where he'll be, he'll be the number one guy and be paid as such. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the other thing is drafting wise, I really don't see that the Vikings will, I don't think they'll draft any wide receivers in this because we've got too many other needs, particularly a corner you know, linebacker and on and on it goes. Uh, and we only have the eight picks right now, Right, but in free agency, one guy, and you just put his name up there, one guy I would like to see the Vikings go after is Jakeem Grant. Who is Jakeem Grant? Uh, well, he's, he's obviously he, a Miami uh, Dolphin. He was, but he was with the Bears this okay. year. He got traded okay. to the Bears. But uh, he is a guy, they call him Mighty Mouse, 5'7". But I think he could be a pretty good number four gadget guy for you. Somebody like... We haven't had since David Palmer, really. Okay. Uh, somebody you could use as a few plays. He's a very explosive a threat every time he gets the ball to take it right to the house. And if you watched the Bears-Green Bay game at Lambeau this year, you would have saw him do that twice. One on a screen and one on a punt return. And uh, the other reason, so I, he's never caught more than 36 passes in a season. So, But I, he's a guy you could bring in at a pretty low cost. And he's going to accept a number. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy who will accept a number a role as a number four. Uh, will accept a role as a complementary player. But he could really add a little bit of extra juice to this offense. And the other thing about Grant is that he's a hell of a punt returner, and he's had four punt returns returned for touchdowns in his, in his career. And uh, and if you got him and Wangu as your return guys and kickoff and punts. Talk about special teams unit that you've developed explosive, explosive, explosive. And if somehow Wangu tweaks a knee again and he can't return kicks, then Grant has also returned kicks in his career lots, and he has two kickoff return touchdowns in his career as well. So I think he could give you something on offense and give you a lot on special teams, and you wouldn't have to pay too much to get him. Interesting. It's it's. Somebody to watch, somebody to look at. We've got free agency coming up quicker than quicker than the draft. But we have right now coming up in the near future combine. We should hear tons and tons of rumors coming out of the combine because that's when yes, scouting staffs and coaching staffs and everybody goes there and they go watch players in their underwear do the jumps and everything else, and then they go out and drink. 
afterwards <laughs> and, uh, and gossip and uh, not negotiate, but negotiate, you know, wink, wink. Yes. Have, uh, yes, yes. Free agents. I'm, I'm, such. I'm sure we'll hear, hear lots of uh, cousins and hunter rumors at that point in time. I am sure we will. Well, that is all three topics for today. We want to thank everybody for watching. We appreciate you coming. Um, any last words there, Darren? The um, only thing that I'm going to say is it was mentioned by, I think, all of the coordinators is um, what they're really doing now, and O'Connell has said it as well, is uh, their big focus is getting to, to, to know our roster is what they said. And again, so really what we're getting, what's going to be in, this is really going to be informing um, what players the Vikings keep and who they go after in free agency and in the draft. Uh, so getting and getting to know that roster also means that guys like Donatel and Phillips and O'Connell and Daniels are going to look at people like CJ Ham or, you know, other guys like Cam Dancer, mm-hmm. you name it, and, and think, you know, that guy isn't really going to be able to fit what we are going to do. Right. And so well, it, it, getting to know our roster, the roster also means they're going to determine which guys they're going to get rid of uh, as well as keep and bring in. So it's going to be a really interesting time. And, uh, and they even and mentioned they're not, go- they're not done going through the roster. And then no. they've got a bunch of stuff to do yet. And, you know, because they were assembled late, they had to wait till after the Super Bowl, um, they've got to compress a whole bunch of work. Now, I did, I was listening today, I want to say to uh, a couple of scouts from the Vikings, and they were talking how today's technology makes it easier to do a lot of the work. They can knock out four or five teams in a day looking at multiple players, whereas before it may used to take them, uh, you know, maybe two teams in a day. And if they were going down to Alabama, maybe two days to get all of the players on Alabama to, to work up their draft, yeah, um, to work up their write-ups on the particular players. they got a lot of work to do. So they first got to do it with everybody that's on the team. Then they've got to start looking and available free agents and do that. And all the while the college guys are putting together their stuff and it's going to be busy times and it's going to be fun because we're going to hear all sorts of stuff. And we're going to be here for you to talk about it on Saturdays with two old blockers. Yeah. We'll get to see, we'll find out if they will be in getting to know your roster means there's going to be some surprise decisions made by the Vikings that, that either we thought were far, far-fetched or weren't going to happen at all. I, I, they, I would almost they, guarantee it. Yeah, because the coaches have decided that certain guys don't fit what they want to do, uh, and uh, they've got to move ahead with uh, some new guys to do it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we got to make space, cap space, yep. some way, shape, or fashion to get underneath the cap for the season and hopefully build a long-term dynasty like I saw that word earlier in a comment, it's going to take some time. So, let's see, my friend from Pittsburgh, C Wise, what did you say, my friend from 
Pittsburgh says you can keep you can nerdy keep, cousins. Keep nerdy cousins. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> how much will the Vikings need Mon? Six-rounder in 2022? Is, I said, what? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm curious. I am curious to see what the offensive guys, when they evaluate Mond and what they see there as potential. It was pointed oh, yeah. out today. If you look at pre-draft write-ups, look at Mons and look at Dax. And yep. they're almost identical. I um, did I did look at those up. And a lot know, of similarities. Size-wise, hand size-wise, a lot of the attributes, everything else. And if Mon can turn into another, you know, Dak, pfft, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> um, yep. So, we shall see. Anyways, my last words are, uh, keep Ukraine in your prayers. I love that those guys have some big sets of them. They are fighting for <laughs> their lives. And uh, they're in my heart. I watch it, you know, from my old life. So, And that the world stays relatively peaceful and that Whatever is happening over there ends soon, so we can With focus. Little life, on, little loss of life as possible. Yeah, so we can go back to focusing on family and football. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With that, what do we say? We say I'm going to do the Drew Bunting two fingers. Nope, I can't get it. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.